Good morning. Would you please have your Bible open this morning to Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. Last Sunday, I preached from Luke 15 about our prayers and our efforts to reach our prodigals, people who are lost, who have left the Lord. This morning, I'm going to work the other side of that and talk about what the lost, what the prodigals need to do. And I'm going to capture that with a word. The word is repentance. And I want to read to us about that from Psalms 51, verses 1 through 12. David said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Psalms 51. If you are not a Christian, if you became a Christian but you drifted into indifference, only half-hearted, needing to take a big step back to God, we hope, in either case, that you are moved to adopt the kind of heart described in this passage. If you've never come to God through Jesus Christ in obedience to the gospel, if you have, but you've drifted into a half-hearted effort, if any at all, we hope that you are moved to adopt the kind of heart we have just read about from Psalm 51. Look at these phrases. Have mercy on me, O God. I know my transgressions. Against you I have sinned. Purge me, cleanse me. Let me hear joy and gladness create in me a clean heart. Folks, 
This is one of the great passages in the Bible that puts before us with divine clarity what repentance means. Genuine change that confesses sin and appeals to God for His gracious mercy to be forgiven. Similar to what you will discover many times in the books of prophecy, for example, in Joel chapter 2 and verse 13, Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. Repentance. That's our subject. Repentance has been said to be the most difficult command God ever gave. What removes the difficulty or any hesitation is this tender heart for God as written by David and also by Joel and many other writers inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this was the heart of the prodigal that we studied about last Sunday in Luke 15, who said, Father, I have sinned against heaven. So what does this subject have to do with you, with me, with those who are gathered here this morning? I want to take us now to the book of Acts, where we're going to consider what I'll call two case studies. The book of Acts is filled with examples for our learning, cases of conversion all through the book of Acts. How Christians lived, what churches did, what churches didn't do. Let me bring to our attention on the subject of repentance this morning two case studies. And one can be called initial repentance. I'm going to be in Acts chapter 2. Initial repentance. The Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, recorded by Luke, descends on the apostles. The gospel is preached, and those who became believers in Christ were told, repent and be baptized. And this account speaks to us about the first people who became Christians and how they lived after conversion. In Acts chapter 2, I'm going to start at verse 38, where Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and for your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. And with many other words, He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received this word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And then verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So here is repentance in its initial circumstance, its initial sense. When one first comes to Christ accompanied by baptism, Peter said, repent and be baptized. So give up your former sins, stop those attitudes and actions that took you away from God and embrace a life that is lived under the authority of Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized. That's initial repentance. And Paul repeated that in Athens in Acts 17 verse 30. He said there, God now calls all men everywhere to repent. So let's call that initial repentance. That marks the beginning of your life as a Christian, accompanied, of course, by your confession of faith and your baptism into Christ. So, specifically, were you dishonest before you became a Christian? You give that up, and you must be honest now. Were you involved in religious practices not given by God? You leave those and you engage in those things God commanded in the New Testament. Were you in a wrong relationship? You leave that. Was it intoxication? Was it immorality? Or was it just indifference to God, your Creator? Unresponsive to Jesus Christ. Initial repentance means to give up, walk away from your past sins and embrace the whole heart that wants to live under the full authority of Jesus Christ every day from the inside out. Initial repentance when you were baptized. Now would you turn with me to Acts chapter 8. And I'm going to start the reading at verse 9. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 9, we're going to talk about repentance after baptism. And I want to read this account, Acts 8, verses 9 through 24. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, 
when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, You've got Simon's conversion. In verse 13, Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. Luke reports this as a genuine conversion, and he continued with Philip, it says. But something happened after his conversion. When he saw the miraculous powers the apostles had, he offered them money. He wanted to buy what the apostles had. And did you hear what Peter said? He said, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You were neither, or you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right with God. Verse 22, repent. This is an example of repentance after baptism. And I don't think I'm telling you something you never thought of before. Christians here know we sometimes recognize we have done wrong and we become engaged in repentance as we ask God to forgive us. Go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Beginning at verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Continue, please, in chapter 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Likewise, in James 5 and verse 16, Christians are being addressed. Confess your sins to one another. So, 
There is the initial act of repentance when we're baptized, confessing our faith in Christ. We change when we become Christians. After that, when we go astray in whatever way we sin, confession of that sin with repentance from the heart is exactly what we need promptly, like the prodigal son, like David, like Simon. So I have three points I want to leave with you on this subject. What repentance says, I have sinned against the Lord. 2 Samuel 12, 13. We do not admire David's sin, but we admire his honest confession. No excuses. No verbiage that tries to cover up what he did. I have sinned against the Lord. All sin is against the Lord since it is the Lord's law that was broken. While there are certainly cases where apologies should be given to people we've sinned against, genuine repentance always starts with God. Always starts with God. Penitent Honest confession to God. I have sinned against you, O Lord. Godly sorrow means you know you have offended God and it hurts and you're filled with regret and repentance says, I have sinned against the Lord. And you know what? There is relief in saying that. Because godly sorrow has been expressed. And the fruit of godly sorrow is repentance, the actual change that you make as you return to the Lord. I have sinned against the Lord. That's what repentance says. What does repentance do? The actual turning. The actual turning. So this goes beyond the right words. <clears throat> and now we're talking about the right action. And this passage was read earlier in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. Listen again. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Now, mark the phrase, turn to God from idols. And so, what you said, you're now acting on. You're turning to God from idols. Now, somebody might say, well, preacher, I, I don't have any idols in my backyard. No graven images. There are no statues uh, in my house anywhere that I bow down to. No idolatry here. What about money? Or sexual sin? Or lazy, half-hearted indifference to God? Or immature attitudes? Or long-standing grudges? Or putting your career before God? Neglecting to consistently assemble? not serving your brethren, on and on. Whatever keeps you from full service to God, whatever object, relationship, idea, 
attitude, habit, that's idolatry, and repentance means you give it up and turn to God. Repentance says, I've sinned against the Lord. Repentance then is activated. You actually turn from your sin to God. How open should repentance be? May I take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In the church at Corinth, several things were going on that were not right before God. In 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 and 2, hard to read, but this was their reality. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant, ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. Now, we don't have all the details, but there is, I think, a follow-up. In the second Corinthian letter, in Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 13. Second Corinthians 7 8 to 13, for even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while, as it is I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Verse 11, For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment, At every point you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Therefore we are comforted. Now, part of this has to do with the church realizing what they needed to do. But let's think about the man who was guilty repenting. Does it sound like to you, once you picture that in your mind, that he just slipped back in quietly? When I read this, I see what we sometimes call transparency. Since everybody knew about this, from their own knowledge and Paul's reference to it in 1 Corinthians 5, it was something known. Since the sin was known, the repentance needed to be known. And about that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. If I'm guilty of sin, there's evidence of sin, and all of you know about it, when I repent and ask God to forgive me, I want you to know. And I want you to forgive me. That's just right. It's honorable. It is a clearing of the air. And like the case of the prodigal in Luke 15, it's an occasion of joy. How open should repentance be? As open as 
the sin. I said to you earlier, repentance has been said to be the most difficult command God ever gave. What removes the difficulty or any hesitation about repentance is a tender heart for God. One more thing I want to emphasize, repentance is a turning to the Lord. In Joel chapter 2 verse 12, I cited earlier, return to me. Or in some translations, turn to me. It's a change in direction. Your life has been moving in a wrong direction, a careless direction. You stop, you listen to the word, and you consider and you decide, and you actually turn, and that turning is to the Lord. This implies you leave the wrong behavior behind, you confess it, and let God forgive you and change your direction. Repentance, whether in the initial sense or after baptism, is intentional, not impulsive. It is deep, not shallow. It is determined commitment that the sin of your past will not be the sin of your future. Fellow Christians may rejoice and encourage you and say they're proud of you, but never forget, in repentance you're turning to God, who by His grace grants opportunity to repent and be forgiven by the blood of Christ. Do you need to do any of this today? Initial repentance with baptism, or confessing your sin, your unfaithfulness openly. We give you this opportunity while we stand to sing.